I want us to listen to what is written in the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 1 through 20. John, chapter 13, verses 1 through 20. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I'm doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen. But the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread lifted his heel against me. I'm telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me. And whoever receives me, receives the one who sent me. Here's where I need to begin. Not everything described in the Bible is intended for 
literal duplication today. The Bible describes many things and the idea is not that we literally and perhaps mindlessly duplicate the thing described. The idea is we discover what is being illustrated and become engaged at that level. And so Noah built an ark. We don't need to build an ark, but we must come engaged in the obedience that that archived history illustrates. Paul and the other early preachers rode on donkeys and horses and in chariots and ships to take the gospel to the lost. The idea is not that we must use those exact methods of travel. The idea is that we take the gospel to the lost through whatever methods and means we have access to today. So, in the case of Jesus washing the feet of his disciples, the idea is not that we take up that exact routine and make that a ritual that could eventually become just mindless ritual. No, the idea is for us to read this and discover what is being illustrated and then become involved at that level. Some say, find the principle and let that principle teach you and prompt you to the appropriate attitudes and behaviors. I believe that's the right approach, particularly here in John chapter 13. We've read what Jesus did and what he said as he engaged in this act. To impulsively conclude that I've got to take up exactly that form of service and make this a ritual is not the point. Find the principle and let that principle teach us and prompt us to appropriate attitudes and behavior. Now, what confirms this approach I've suggested to you is there's no evidence after John chapter 13 <clears throat> that the disciples turned this into a ritual. In fact, foot washing is not ever mentioned again in the New Testament. Now, what does that tell me? Jesus was not setting up a ritual to be perpetuated and enforced by his apostles. So we are correct in finding the principle that's being illustrated and becoming engaged with whatever attitudes and behaviors are in that principle. So what is the principle? Service based on love. Service based on love. You may never wash the feet of your brethren. But service that is based on love must be ongoing. Verse 1 says, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So whatever comes after verse 1 all the way over to verse 20 is about the principle 
of service based on love. It is not limited to a wet towel on someone's feet. The principle is broader than that. He was illustrating the principle of service based on love. So reading this and giving that kind of good thought to this can enable us to love and serve as Jesus loved and served. That's the whole point of this passage. So would you consider with me tonight these observations? Washing feet was the work that slaves did. We should remember the world that Jesus lived in had very definite cultural structure. It was a culture that was tightly ordered. There were certain things men didn't do. Certain things women did and things women didn't do. There were servants and masters. There were skilled people and unskilled people. There were people of royal descent and family and others who were considered common. The rich and the poor, the Jew and the Gentile. There was structure and rank and order and along with that cultural prejudices and lines that you just didn't cross. Washing someone's feet was only considered to be acceptable activity by the lowest of servants and slaves. For example, in that culture, a child might wash a parent's feet. A wife could wash the feet of her husband. A Gentile slave could wash the feet of a Jewish traveler. You could wash the feet of a dying friend as a sign of affection or as a sign of hospitality when someone came to your home after days of travel. So, well-known cultural rules about all this. There was a protocol, a class structure, rigid practices held in common. Jesus stepped outside those common protocols to illustrate love expressing itself in service. He rose from the meal, he wrapped a towel around his body, and he washed the feet of his disciples. It was love expressed in service. Love that came out of his heart through humble service to his servants, his disciples. He became their servant to illustrate that they should become servants of one another. Is there ever something, some job or task or need about which you say to yourself, I don't do that kind of work. I'm not talking about something you cannot do. I'm talking about something you're capable of doing, but you will not do. It is beneath your imagined perception of your personal dignity and your rank in the culture. Somebody else can do that. 
Jesus illustrates the humility that each of us should have. Being willing to do whatever needs to be done. And if necessary, crossing over common cultural expectations, rolling up your sleeves, maybe getting dirty, and doing what needs to be done for others. We need to guard against any concept of self-importance and self-exaltation and arrogance that would separate us from the good work that needs to be done for others. That principle is apparent. Washing feet was slave work. Jesus crossed over that cultural concept and he illustrated service that comes from love. That he wanted his disciples to engage in and us. Jesus did this without being asked. In fact, I believe these men were shocked. And they would never have asked him to do this. Simon Peter was shocked. It was a breach of hospitality and social structure. But Jesus did this to show his love for these men in this humble way without being asked to do it. I really admire the attitude that says, I'll do anything you ask me to do if it's right before God. Just tell me what to do. Maybe I'm misinformed. Maybe I don't know what needs to be done. I'll do my best. I'll do anything you ask me to do if it's right before God. I admire that attitude. And I heard and saw that attitude when our sisters were having their conversation here tonight. I really admire that attitude. Do what needs to be done. You see what needs to be done and you don't wait for someone to give you the assignment. You don't complain that the job is not being done. You offer yourself in service in an appropriate way. You see what needs to be done and you do it to the best of your ability. I've been here at Laurel Heights almost 33 years and there has always been people here like this. They see what needs to be done. They don't make a big deal about it. They just take up the task. They do their best and it doesn't matter if nobody knows about it. If you have to beg people to do things or promise publicity it degrades the whole concept of service and discipleship. Jesus illustrates the value of doing what needs to be done without being asked. Jesus served with no expectation of reward. In our culture, we are way into rewards and prizes and pay and benefits and praise and publicity. The question comes up all the time in the minds of people today, what will I get out of this? Will I be recognized? Will I be admired? People will not be embarrassed to say sometimes, am I going to do this for nothing? Or quietly we may think this way. Though we may not verbalize our self 
interest. We may engage in some sacrifice or service and quickly begin to think, well, I don't think anybody knew about that. Nobody said anything to me about that. I'm not appreciated. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. I'll tell you, love takes us to places of service pride would never take us. Love takes us to places of service pride would never take us. The way of the authentic disciple of Christ is the way of quiet, humble service to the Lord and to others without expectation of reward, admiration, publicity. Luke 6.35, love your enemies and do good and lend and expect nothing in return. And your reward will be great, for you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. That's our standard. It is high. Jesus served those who did not deserve to be served. Think about what we often do about serving and helping people. One of the first things we process is, are they qualified to receive our help? Does this person I'm going to help really deserve to be helped? I understand there are times when the question may have some validity. If when you give somebody something, they immediately have a pattern of wasting what you gave to them. So I understand some validity there, but my concern is we can take it so far. With such inflexibility, we may wind up helping nobody because nobody meets our qualifications. They don't meet our standards. They're not in our class. The people we could help, we don't help because they're just not measuring up to our standards. If we're not careful, we can form such a rigid, individualized mindset, we isolate ourselves from people who need our help. We wind up not doing what Jesus wants us to do because we have written up in our minds a number of pages of very tight set rules. I'll help somebody if we can check off all these qualifications. Let's think about it. Jesus washed the feet of Simon Peter. Was he deserving? Before the night would end, those feet would stand at a Roman fire as Peter denied Jesus three times. And Jesus had warned Peter about that. And think about Judas. Jesus washed the feet of Judas Iscariot. His feet had already carried him to the Jewish leaders where he bargained away the life of Jesus for a few pennies. Before this night would end, those same feet would carry him back to the Jews where he would completely abandon Jesus to his enemies. 
Jesus washed the feet of the other ten, and before the night they would all run away in fear. Jesus knew all this, yet he served them anyway, and he illustrated the service he wanted them to embrace. Have you ever considered that some of the people we may not try to teach and may not try to help, if we would approach them and do our best with them, it may be the turnaround point in their life. God can use us to accomplish good things through our service to others if we'll take all of our qualifications about who's deserving and set those aside and just do what the Lord expects us to do. It may be sacrifice that takes time. It may be something that's difficult. It may require some money or other resources that we hold too tightly. It may be we need to connect people with skills we do not have, with people who need help. We need to develop through faith in Christ an eye for all of this, serving others as Jesus illustrated. So here is a passage that ought to lead to this question. What about us? We are never more like Jesus than when we are obeying God and serving others. Those things are connected. Loving God and obeying Him leads to loving others and serving them. The statement is brought up here and as well in Luke 6.40. The disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. That word perfect, complete. We're not complete until we follow the example of the master. I hope we are all where we need to be about all of this. If not, pray to God and ask Him to forgive you and help you make that prayer something you become engaged in regularly along with the corresponding behavior. Then search for ways that you can serve and help and sacrifice reaching others, helping Christians all to the glory of God. True service comes from a heart that loves God and is an outgrowth of the humility that we read about in John 13. Being a true servant will make a huge different difference in your life and my life. So take these truths with you into the week and beyond giving glory to God. Let's be standing as we sing.